position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to episode number 377 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on this Sunday, the 16th of January, 2022, at uh, 2.51 p.m. Uh, Pacific Coast, Left Coast, Coast of the Most Time. Crack Engineer, wow, Ivor Molina over there in the booth, holding up the whiskey sign. Thank you, Ivor, that's a good idea. Mmm. Oh, that's good. You're fired, Ivor. Uh, that would, of course, make it for our sequel friends, the followers of the one true time of date format, 2022-01-16-14-52 or whatever. Um, we have, at once, a huge show. It's like a momentous show for you this week, but... um. It's also we're also going to try to make it a short show, and since we have three hundred seventy six episodes, three hundred seventy six episodes, like the big parade uh, of failure behind us in terms of reaching this vaunted goal of having a huge show that's also a short in duration show, we've 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 done that many times, haven't we, Ivor? 
Ivor, Ivor is already hanging himself. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Ivor, you better. Oh, we'll get the case, won't we, Gregor? Oh, we'll get the fucking case. Um, <laughs> let's get straight in that spirit. Let's get straight to our top stories. So this week, um, saw two huge games uh, be released on Steam for Linux. Uh. Monster Hunter Rise, the much anticipated the much anticipated sequel to the heavily addictive, much beloved um, previous game, Monster Hunter World. I guess I think that was the last one that was playable on Linux. I don't know. Have to PPR, and they're all just fucking. They all just reuse their names now. I hate that. Like, what? Whatever happened to sequential numbering? Anyway. You have fucking, you know, Roman numerals. Jesus. Cut, cut me some slack here. So, uh, that's, that was big news that Monster Hunter Rise came out this week. And then it was, for me personally, it was almost even, well, actually, it was bigger news for me personally that the God of War reboot, um, was also released, uh, via Steam, uh, this week. And God of War, this is kind of neither here nor there because we'll get to our feature presently, which is just... Uh, and by the way, this is why we were late this week. Um, I, I consider Sunday to be, you know, within our reasonable time frame of release, but this week I have in the last three three days, I think? Three or four days. Um, I have logged... Seven hours in Monster Hunter Rise, an hour in God of War, which I didn't get until Friday. Um, so it's only been two days, but I and I had to play a lot of Monster Hunter Rise because I knew I wanted to talk about it on the show because it's one of BPR's favorite games. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But um, God of War coming to Linux crosses off, even though it is a reboot, and we'll talk all about it. Um, it is amazing. Both games are fucking amazing and well worth the hype. I mean, it's fucking blockbuster season in January. This is one of the things I love about having about how the Steam having having the marketplace and market leverage and power of Steam as a content distribution platform and licensing agent uh, that reaches, you know, 40 million mainstream computer gamers. I love how that is democratized um, the software industry to the point where there is no more release schedule. Like, even like, even during the time that we've been doing the show, the eight years that we've been doing the show, um, it was only until like five years ago that you could really start to feel the um, seasonal release cycle break down which is great because it means that we can run year round um, which you know running wild but uh, and that's that's really thanks to Steam and independent developers and their successes but um, When, uh, for those of you who are uninitiated, when I started this show, I did a huge list of all the games that would need to come to Linux, uh, either as under their franchise's own banner and officially licensed games, 
um, or as play alikes by independent developers or whatever, you know, something didn't necessarily have to be brand name, although some of them do have to be brand name. Uh, and it was a huge list, and that list has been mainly filled at this point. Well, God of War, the release of God of War, checks off one of the oldest long-standing items on that list, and I can't wait to tell you all about it. I've only played the first hour of God of War, be- and for reasons that I'll explain later. But we'll start, well, I were based on with the feature, we'll get straight to it. Um, because these are two games that, oh, other thing, I almost forgot, shit. God damn it, I were, you're fucking fired. I mean it, get the fuck out of, I know you're hanging yourself. That's, what, I have to dispose of the body? Fuck you, Jesus Christ. Ivor, you are a disgrace to radio people everywhere and engineers the world over. You should be ashamed of yourself! You disgusting worm! The, uh, shit, what were they gonna say? Uh, fuck! You were supposed to put this on the rundown! Oh, yeah! The other notable thing about this week in Linux Gaming for the Best Links Games podcast, is that the release of these two titles in the same week represents if not the first, then it's never happened more than three times, but I think this is the first time for two games of such huge caliber, both to be released in the same week and both working completely out of the box, don't even need I didn't even need um any glorious egg roll stuff, but we'll talk more about that uh, in a minute. So Ivor, I, I mean that's that's amazing. That that feels just like the gestalt of that. I can feel a difference this week from other weeks. You know, as, as we Jews say, you know, Manishana um, Lalaze, you know, whatever. You know, why is this night different from every other night? Well. You can sometimes feel it. Why is this show different? You know, because it's like I look back at the whole fucking week, you know, before doing the show, and lots of times, you know, there are games that are that never get talked about. I mean, all the time there are games that never get talked about. Like that's why we're called the Best Links Games Podcast. We don't cover the mediocre games that we we don't cover the bad games that we played. We try not to. Um, unless as a warning, um, we cover the best, and so we leave out a lot of the. Rest. I mean, like you should see, like I, my our feature, our feature before God of War and uh, Monster Hunter Rise came out this week was going to be Crimson and Clover World Ignition, and the differences between it and um, it's because Dave discontinued that game on Steam. And they reopened it as a new title on Steam. I was going to talk about that and about Easy Red 2, which I have not gotten to play because it got bumped for. And then we were going to talk about Witcher 3 Wild Hunt more. And that there are games on this list that are really worthy of us talking about every week. I can't get to them. Because there's a ladder in the way. Uh, oh, there you go. For you side hacker fans out there, five the hard way. Um, 
like ready or not but anyway and ready or not is pretty good but I haven't got you know sometimes games don't make the cut blah but anyway these are two huge fucking blockbuster games and they came out in the middle of fucking January that's pretty nuts like that's just like the software industry operating with with you know total impunity now without any sort of schedule we don't give a fuck like we don't care about game of the year we don't care about making our holiday sales because they know that these games have legs and that they will still be around at the end of anyway so that's it's pretty crazy to see uh two games of this caliber come out the same week and both of them run out of the box with Linux. So Ivor, based on with the feature, maybe we'll get out of here before next Christmas. Perfect. Oh my god. It's Bolivians. Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Spooky. Okay. So First off, we're going to talk about Monster Hunter Rise. Now, it's a common misconception. Uh, at least BPR has misconstrued my feelings about Monster Hunter and everything. BPR, by the way, for the record, is it's Blaster, is a motherfucking crazy person when it comes to Monster Hunter. World, Rise, all the Monster Hunter games. He is like, legendarily obsessed. I've watched him play I've seen his icon playing these games for hundreds of hours. Uh, especially Monster Hunter World, which he just like jizzed all over and exploded and died and then became a character in that game. And that's where he's been living his life. He's not actually in NPR. He's, he's, he's in Monster Hunter World PR. Um, and lots of people think that I hate these games and I don't. It's that when Monster Hunter World came out, it was right after I think it was right after Proton uh, had had been you know uh, revealed to the Jedi to the to the false idiosphere, and it had some nasty game breaking bugs at the very beginning that happened after the mandatory. I'm just doing this from memory here, so I'm might be factually incorrect on some you know, the actual sequence, because this was like seven years ago, or whatever, five years ago. Um, And it had some problems, but it was after the mandatory 45 minute long tutorial, and then if you had anything in your hand when you went to open your quest chest or whatever, the game would crash. This made testing fixes very, very difficult and took up about 10 hours of my fucking life. Um, and I couldn't ever fix it and then about a month later it got fixed and then everyone started playing the game on Linux except for me because I had already moved on to other things and I did log about you know I did the tutorial or whatever the fuck I did I did like the first three hours of that game like so many times that it was ridiculous but I couldn't get any I couldn't get good performance and I thought the premise was kind of seemed lame and janky or whatever uh, it didn't seem lame. It, it seemed it it seemed really cool, but I didn't fully understand what the game's design ethos was really all about. 
luckily, with Monster Hunter Rise, which I knew I would have to play once I saw the day it came out, I saw BPR playing it for like 10 hours straight or whatever. I already had, I got my license the night before, or, or yeah, it was like at 4 o'clock in the morning or whatever. Um, with a fair heap of sink, uh, a sense of sinking dread because I don't know anything about the Monster Hunter world at all, and this is a sequel, and I remember the other game being very fucking complicated. Monster Hunter Rise, which took me about four hours, but it took me about three hours to really get addicted to, to the point where I could understand the play mechanics and actually complete some of the tutorial quests that I had failed previously, um, like capturing monsters and stuff. The game, so here's the, okay, this game is awesome. By the way, uh, it's not a review. This is just a feature. Oh my god! I've only I only have six point three hours in it. I don't know what point. What is point three? Three tenths of an hour would be what six minutes? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, no, it'd be eighteen minutes. What the fuck? It's seven hours. That's all. If it, if it's bigger than two, I say it. I, I round it up all the way. Even though a better rounding would be six and a half hours. All right. But enough with that! So, the game is awesome. If you've never played a Monster Hunter, well, I have to warn you, if you've never played a Monster Hunter World game, a Monster Hunter game before, you and I were very much in the same boat. I have one major problem, a huge major problem, with Monster Hunter Rise, and it's that the first hour, and many times subsequent to the first hour, like, randomly, there will be these tutorial boxes that pop up, and that sometimes have more than one screen. Pressing A always makes you exit the tutorial, but when you're done reading everything in the tutorial, and you press A, the same are you sure you want to exit the tutorial screen pops up, and so you have to I always say no, because I want to check and make sure that I read. Anyway, and they repeat and they get very irritating, but they're also very essential, because there's a lot of complex systems that are going on in Monster Hunter Rise. The biggest real problem I have with these tutorial messages is none of them ever tell you anything that you really... The stuff... They tell you important stuff. All of them tell you important stuff, for the most part. Because there's, like, lots of button... The game is very complicated. The controls in this game are very complicated and they're very um, nuanced and very timing based. Um, which, once you get the hang of it and once you know, like, oh, okay, this is how I throw my grappling hook. This is how I drink my potions. This is how I go through my inventory while I'm in combat. This is how. And, the, like, for instance, I am still not very good at getting the camera to lock on to a targeted, a single targeted enemy. I imagine I'll get better at it, like, I've gotten better at every other aspect of the game. But, like, you know, knowing that, like, you, you have to really... It's a skill... It's very much a skill-based game. Uh, it's a role-playing game where it's, like... 
don't let the title fool you. It's called Monster Hunter. Yes, you do hunt monsters, but they're not big, scary, terrifying monsters. You're not the Witcher. It's not Witcher 3. Some of the monsters are scarier than others, and some of them are very deadly, and some of them, you know, blah, all of them look amazing. They have this very great, um, u- uniquely Monster Hunter, uh, anime style, uh, to the characters and stuff. Um, but there's a lot of complicated stuff that you need to remember just to do basic things, which there's like a, it kind of, it eventually makes sense. But my biggest problem is that none of these tutorial messages ever pop up with the thing that you need, that you're trying to remember as you're dying, as you're failing a mission or whatever. And that's very irritating. And that the fact that they repeat, but you don't want to turn them off is unbelievably irritating and the fact that there's also an al- a different way that they pre- the game presents information to you in the tutorial it, not just in the tutorials but throughout the game meaning that like instead of the game pausing and showing you this fucking tutorial window that you have to read it'll display on the screen like the buttons that you need to press to do the thing that they that they think you might want to do at that point. That is so much better, but it almost never happens when you need it. And for complicated things that are like multiple steps, like capturing like a big monster, which is hard to do, um, because it's hard to kill them, but it's almost harder to capture them, because first you have to weaken them, then you have to uh, throw a trap down and lure them into the trap then you have to hit them with tranquilizer bombs you have to make all of those things and have those all of those things in your inventory and, and have the presence of mind to switch to them and stuff like that but eventually once you become a killing hacker slasher maniac and find a weapon that you really really like um, it all gets much better the other thing other weird thing is the, well not the weird thing the other thing that I think really makes Monster Hunter Rise pretty special, and it's just basically the Monster Hunter games in general pretty special, is this idea of you're a naturalist. You're like this this anime samurai goofy cartoon Pokemon-esque naturalist. And so a lot of the game is collecting and crafting uh, like, you know, bugs and different types of flora and fauna and when you and when you kill monsters be they big or small or whatever you can carve them. You can you can uh, skin them. You can gut them. And these that process results in uh, resources that can be used for crafting, can be used for all sorts of other stuff, or can be sold, but they all have varying um, rarities and stuff. And then there are, there are quest missions where you are like tasked to go hunt a specific monster. Um, but then there's also expedition missions, which are just like you free roaming, which you have to do quite a bit. And then there's side uh, 
side quests that you can accomplish while doing any other quest, including an expedition or whatever. But it's it took until like about the fifth my fifth expedition quest or whatever to go gather mushrooms or whatever. That the game really finally clicked for me because like I I still don't understand like how you level up like as a character, like your skills. It says that like you get talismans and stuff. There's like armor socketing. There's all this RPG shit that's involved in the game. And I know I have not played multiplayer yet. Because the game is designed for multiplayer, but it has a like it has a full fucking single player campaign that I'm playing right now, and has been fucking great in getting me up to speed. So when I do play with other people, at least I won't be completely fucking useless. I'll be useless, but I won't be completely fucking useless. And when I say the game is complicated in terms of the controls, I mean like okay, for instance. You have this little action bar thingy, which is like a multifunction action thing. You can switch to it with some button that I don't know how to do. When it's not like one of those actions is camera. Now you have two weird little pets that follow you around and fight for you at all times. One of them is like a little cat-like rabbit thing that walks in a bipedal pseudo-humanoid kind of ninja way. Um, they're adorable. I named mine a uh, Hep, as in Hepcat. And then uh, you have this dog-looking thing. It's a rideable dog. It's like a horse dog. It's like super fast and kind of like um, it's like a wolf. It's like a big rideable wolf with like anime hyper stylization and stuff and and. These two things will attack for you. They'll also hunt and gather shit for you. You don't have to give orders for that. They'll just do it. <coughs> um, but it's like with the camera, for instance, let's say you switch to the camera because you, evidently a big part of the game is like, you know, in terms of the social aspect of the game, like people love to take pictures of themselves posing with their new equipment, with their new friends over new monsters and new situations, you know, whatever. So the camera. <coughs> starts in like I, I, I can't remember if this is true or not but I think it starts in like a first person view like it shows you out of your eyes but there's another button that you can press that can mount the camera on one of your pets and make them take pictures of you it's little shit like that that is crazy now I have to also say we're running out of time with Monster Hunter Rise for those of you who are afraid of repetition this game is so good at keeping just literally fetch quests so fresh and the play mechanics are so much fun because you can do so many things. It reminds me a lot of the same thing that made Metal Gear Solid uh, the Shadow Moses one or you know some of you who are younger might remember it as the Twin Snakes when it was re-released or um, Sons of Liberty such tremendous hits. These innovations in controller styles, yeah, they get complicated and stuff, but it means that you have like this whole vast panoply of it's all real-time combat. So, like, you know, you spend a lot of time button mashing and praying that what you're doing is remotely effective and, you know, blah. But then there's always, like, the next layer to the game. (laughs) 
that that's so cool. Like when you learn how to capture monsters, I wish that those tutorials happened way later. Like after you reached a certain level, it would be great to then be able to learn how to catch monsters once you can actually fight them instead of making you anyway. And the graphics are just amazing. The graphics are are glorious. Final thing I'll say is I knew that I was going to be in love with this game the second I went through character creation. My character, her name is Skooky Sprite, of course, because I am Skooky Sprite. She She has a giant little orphan Annie orange redhead afro and looks like an alabaster fairy doll with rosy cheeks and bright red eyes and is absolutely gorgeous and I made every aspect of her I, I I love character editors. So if I can if I can edit, I will edit every aspect of a face that I can and of a body that I can. You know, blah 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 blah. This the results you get from this character editor are phenomenal. Unfortunately, in game they don't look quite as you know glorious, but still, like I think that's what we'll I'll, I'll post uh, the the image for this episode should might actually be um, a portrait of my character or I'll link it uh, I'll link it, um, I'll upload it to Steam and I'll put the link in the show notes you can always tell how much a game developer really loved doing the game and how behind, how how how, re- how well resourced they were but if they made a good game, then how good is the character editor? It is phenomenal. I wish that there were m- more tutorials and stuff. There's a lot more that I have to learn. Um, one final note about Monster Hunter Rise, and many thanks to BPR for reaching out to me yesterday and messaging me this, because I hadn't thought about it. I haven't played online yet. Oh, and by the way, Monster Hunter Rise, for me, ran out of the box. I didn't even need Glorious Egg Roll. But BPR reached out to me yesterday and, and with a warning, not just if you do use Glorious Egg Roll to get uh, Monster Hunter World or Monster Hunter Rise running, you shouldn't change your Glorious Egg Roll or any other Proton, uh, specific version of Proton more than four times within any 24-hour period if you're playing online because the game does have de novo and it will ban you if you if you switch them too much. It'll ban you online. Um, I don't know if it's a temporary ban or a permanent ban. Also, there have been reports, both uh, according to BPR, from Windows and Linux users uh, that they've had problems with get with just irrational bans and stuff like you know temp banning, automatic you know shit like that based off of um, the server side of the game that's been happening, but the game came out last week, came out on Thursday I think, so yeah Monster Hunter Rise is expensive though, it is 60 bucks, but I implore you even if you don't think that this is your type of game, because it's not all about hunting monsters, it's about crafting and not, not crafting, it's more about gathering and exploration and figuring out like 
the strategies to defeat the monsters and then you know, buying equipment, upgrading equipment, and uh, etc. And it's just about fun, and it's also very multiplayer focused. Monster Hunter Rise is 60 bucks, but I implore you, even if this does not sound like a game that you would want to play, try the free demo. I haven't seen if the free demo works on Linux, but I imagine it does. Try the free demo. This is one of the most heavily anticipated games of the year. It came out January of 2022. What the fuck? Right? Um, yeah, so that leads us to God of War. So a thousand years ago when I was writing for the paper, one of my favorite games that I ever got to review for the paper was God of War because my column was called Kill Everything and any time that there was a massively murdering fucking plunderous debaucherous catastrophest of carnage that was what I would cover for that week and so I beat a game a week for fucking five years it, that's a lot of games and punch it up under deadline and I would not review, they, they were all reviews but they were all told from the first person and God of War was one of my favorite games because it pioneered several major innovations um, in terms of gameplay. Now, it's crazy to me that some people don't like the original God of War who were around when the original God of War came out. This is, of course, during the Grant administration. Now, this is like 20 years ago. This is a long time ago. They're like, yeah, oh, God. It's like, oh, fuck, it's like 15 years ago. So it's getting up there. Oh. I had never seen anything like God of War because no one had ever made anything like God of War. The original God of War put you in the role of Kratos, the God of War, fighting an inner inner what do you call it, uh, interfactional war with mortals and the gods and goddesses in ancient Greece or Rome. Also, it was the first game to have absolutely unheralded, unremarkable, but very well done uh, nudity in uh, a console game, a next-gen console game that it, it, it was groundbreaking in that respect, especially because no one really cared because the game was so amazing. Just a few years prior to its release, it would would have been the lead story about God of War would have been, you know, the tits at the beginning in the introductory cinema. But anyway, you're Kratos. You have um, all these different weapons, but you have two chain swords that are magical that extend and can be set on fire from your wrists. And you're a god. And you are filled with hatred and destruction and murder. And you eventually, spoiler alert here in the first game, you do if I remember correctly, you kill Ares. You kill the God of War. Um, big tragedy for me in terms of God of War. One of my favorite games, I beat it like 15 times. I, be, I probably only beat it like 5 times. Oh yeah, the principal innovations for the original one was the first action game where the action wasn't just broken up by... Uh, 
maze or puzzle sequences. Although there were puzzle sequences, they were very not that complicated puzzles. Um, and they more so than in Tomb Raider, the original Tomb Raiders, the puzzles in God of War made sense. Like, Kratos is super strong. He can move fucking marble blocks. You know what I mean? With his giant chainsaws, and he can pull them towards him and shit. That makes more sense than fucking, you know, 130 pounds soaking wet Lara Croft fucking pushing a fucking... 10 ton, you know, granite block on a chessboard. How the fuck? Why would they make a chessboard? As a trap. Why would they do? Anyway. But more so than that, it was known for its cinematic boss fights, which turned into semi rail shooters. This technique was copied by numerous games since most notably Bulletstorm really latched on to this idea of cinematic boss fights where you know you don't have control of your movement you just have control of your reactions and other rail shooter sequences always cinematic I mean legit cinematic like among among the best cinema among the best directed uh, and and, uh, placed cameras and use of cameras in a video game uh, since Hideo Kojima so, which is a Hideo Kojima game, directed by Hideo Kojima but God of War was not directed by Hideo Kojima anyway and the level of detail on the graphics were amazing for the time, it has not aged super well, but uh, just in terms of the graphics but the gameplay is timeless because so many different combinations, so many things to upgrade, so many, you know, blah, 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 and all this Greco-Roman mythology was awesome in this bloody tale of vengeance and and um, darkness and murder and Medusas and fucking oh, you know, it was, it was great. It was great. It was like, I imagine for some children who had misguided parents who were of a certain too young to be playing it age who came up, you know, right at it was like the Kid Icarus probably for a lot of for at least some gamers who are now probably hitting their bitter 20s um, anyway <clears throat> I love this game and it was truly a historic game, whether you like it or not now or then does not matter. Oh, and the voice acting was phenomenal. It was way better than anything Hideo Kojima ever produced. Mm. So, skipping ahead to the present day, I never got to play any of the sequels to God of War because they all came out on PlayStation and I stopped at PlayStation 2. So I, I never had a PlayStation 3 for God of War 2. I don't know if there was a 4 or a 5th or what DLCs have come out in between. All I know is that the new reboot, which is called God of War, was released this week, is probably the most absolutely stunningly fucking gorgeous game I've ever played on a computer. I've only played it for an hour. 
The other thing that I know about God of War is I have no fucking clue how Kratos is now a human being living in Norse mythology. He lives in Midgard with a dead wife and his son with no extendable chain swords that he can set on fire. He does have a magic axe. And he's got lots of problems because it seems like it's moving day. And so you get to see this totally is a mind fucker of a game for me. It's been 20 years since I've been Kratos. And now I'm this old mortal Kratos who only has an axe. But still has like godlike strength. Like you chop down a tree and you pick up the tree. The whole fucking tree. But the graphics are just out of control. The this is this is AAA all the way. This is like um the same level of quality that that we got last year from Days Gone. This has this dark turgid story and I don't know if I'm missing cinema or if I'm pretty sure I'm not I think it just starts this way because most of the cinema is in game and the camera is just spectacular and the combat is even better than it ever was before in my opinion even though you only have this axe at least you only start with the axe um you can like physically chop with it and kill people, kill draggers or whatever with it, you know, zombie swamp people, monster people um, made out of like roots and mud and eat human flesh and shit you can chop them up and you know air juggle them and you know there's all sorts of you know glorious glorious combat animations that are just phenomenal they'll take your breath away and they'll knock your eyes out with how fucking gorgeous they are but you can also throw the axe and recall the axe like a glaive um, which is really cool because like you can throw the axe into one guy another guy wait for the other guy to come in between you and the guy with the axe in him and you can pull the axe out, it'll kill the guy that you're pulling it out of, and it'll go through the guy in between you guys. Shit like that. You can also use it to solve puzzles. Puzzles are not complicated. The puzzles are, so far, very much pursuant to the God of War ethos, meaning that they are simple enough for even me, in general, to solve. Um, I hate puzzle games. I don't know why they make them. Uh, your son is crucial to the game everything you do you do with your son it seems like so like you help your son take aim when he's hunting and you get to see Kratos this older more angry but human and obviously madly in love with his son heartbroken over the death of his wife um, alternate universe Kratos who doesn't know how to express like who doesn't know how to say things he's not a great communicator it's it's phenomenal it's phenomenal he doesn't know how to say things and there's these interstitial moments of vulnerability that are I mean it, it's 
It's amazing. And then you fight the trolls. And so you're fucking telling your kid to when to shoot his bow and arrow at at this giant troll who is literally 15 times your size as you kick its ass he's he's you're he's ripping apart fucking giant columns of this uh ancient arcane temple in the snow and he's trying to hit you with them and everything is collapsing and you're telling your boy when to hit him and you're dodging him and you're throwing your axe your it is everything that made the original God of War um, what it was, but it's it's so disorienting to be in this in this Viking mythology. We're in Midgard. We are literally in Midgard. Midgard. What the, what the fuck? We, what? what? Um, yeah, and, and so, and there's also, you know, the same light role-playing game aspects to the game, but this is a very much more linear, self-contained, single-player, um, highly polished game. It reminds me a lot of Days Gone, the same design ethos, more or less, in terms of just profound quality, but the graphics in this are the best I've ever seen on a computer. And I only have an hour into it, so, you know, one problem that I have with the game that keeps me from playing it um, I would have played it for three hours last night, uh, but I got sucked into Monster Hunter World again. It's difficult when you have these two things competing. It's kind of an interesting show, I guess, maybe in that respect, because it might have given you finally some insight into like what gets picked for each show. But uh, my one of my problems with God of War is that it's so disorienting for me. It's so unlike, and Kratos seems so he. I mean, Kratos can still literally, when I say that he can still rip you in half I've seen him in this game rip people in half like when you still kill people, oh my god it's amazing you fucking grab them at like your collarbone and their ribcage and you rip them in half it's so awesome so if you were doubting Kratos and his power you'd be you'd be sorely disappointed however he does look old and he looks so sad he looks he looks so sad and you can you can feel his relationship with his son and it's it's intense it's in, it's intense and it's moving and, and it's so pretty and so tragic and just starts on like such a dark horrible tone that it, it, you know, I just didn't want to be depressed before I went to bed last night, so I, I, I played Monster Hunter World. Monster Hunter World is not depressing at all. Monster Hunter World will make you laugh. Anyway, that's this, this week's show. We just did two fucking huge features on two of the biggest games. We will catch you next week. Uh, we will have um the first week of February, we will not be on the Friday or the weekend of that week, we will be on the Tuesday of that week um, because I'm taking the rest of that week off and going to fucking Hawaii where awesomeness awaits and I will not be thinking about the show. But then we'll be back afterwards at 
the weekend following that. So we have two more shows before then. And then the the reason w- this works out well because I'm saving my review of Warhammer 40,000 Inquisitor Martyr for that week because I'm I'm ready to roll with that review and that game is amazing. Anyway, so check that out. Keep your eye out for War- Warhammer 40,000 Inquisitor Martyr. If you see it on sale, you definitely want to pick that game up. Um Yeah, it's great. Monster Hunter Rise and uh, God of War. Oh yeah, God of War is $49.99. So, there you go. That's our show. I'll catch you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I. E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy oh, four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy four or five times. Have we not come some fur piece since then? (laughs) Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.